What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am so glad that my new head coach is not Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> oh, gosh. What a hire. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, the, a, that's the, greatest, uh, the greatest coach in uh, the last 50 years of, of college football replaced with a pack. 12, Pac-10, I don't even know what the number is, yeah. but a Pac coach. I, I can't even keep up with it And anymore. you guys have lost how many uh, five and four-star recruits in the last week? I've lost track of it. That's a solid recruiting show right there. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for watching. Those of you that have been watching on YouTube, our second video episode of the year. We're excited to get more video content to you guys. But first of all, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to everyone that's subscribed. Go and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? What are you missing? You're missing out on a lot. Did somebody hurt you when you were little? I don't know what's going on, but I mean, if you need to talk, don't talk to us. Yeah, don't talk but to us. Just we're not listen the guys. to the podcast. It's yeah. not really that's not hard to do. You just press a button and then you sit. Exactly, and you get to listen to our angelic voices. I have a velvety tone. You don't know how uh, good looking my mom tells me I am. That's debatable. Yeah, she doesn't actually say that. Yeah, anyway. So, we wanted to get into the season of Royal Rumble because it's around the corner and there's a lot of excitement that's surrounding this event. But one of the things we wanted to do, because it's been a while since we've done this, we wanted to do another top 10 segment on the podcast. And so what we wanted to do, you know, we thought about different things we could do with this in the season of the Royal Rumble, but I think the best one to do is surprise entrance. Because, you know, actually going back and... Looking at this, they didn't really start surprising people, per se, until around like the late 90s or early 2000s. I don't know if that was different from what, what uh, your research and what you found on your list. But Well, I would definitely say that the surprise entrant, I, I would actually make the argument that, that kind of came around a little more uh, in the last 10, 10 or so years. I mean, really, um, with the true surprise entrants. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. you had some... Uh, people returning from injury and things like that that right. happened in the Attitude Era and the early you know years of the Ruthless Aggression Era, but um, you know, but the the early like you know the first ten Royal Rumbles, I wouldn't say, um, and those first ten that there was, you know. Any major surprises? I mean, for yeah. the most part, everybody that was there was already on the roster. Right. They didn't really debut new people, but you know, you'd still have a lot of interesting things that would happen to uh, you know during the the course of the match, and you know, a lot of WrestleMania matches are set up during the Royal Rumble itself, and so uh, you know, it's just one of those really important matches. It's on the you know, it kicks off the road to WrestleMania, and so you know, since its inception, it's been used to you know basically either let the people let the fans know who you know the company is going to focus on in the coming year, right? Uh, set up for the WrestleMania uh, match. I mean, I, I can't remember when that actually became the official purpose of the Royal Rumble because when it first came out, it was it was just a it was just a match. It was just a huge battle royal, uh, and then uh, after the first couple of years, uh, there was a there was a Royal Rumble that that led to the crowning of the new WWF champion. And then I want to say a couple of years after that, very very quickly, it became the winner of the Royal Rumble would go on to main event WrestleMania. And you know, so you know, the Royal Rumble's been around uh, for quite some time, but uh, the list of elite 
wrestlers who have actually won a rumble is surprisingly smaller and you know, it's smaller than you think it would because there's a lot of guys who have won it multiple times right you got stone cold steve austin you've Shawn got michaels, Shawn michaels john cena hulk hogan right um randy orton i, I think has yeah, won it more than yeah, once randy yeah. orton um did the rock win it at one point or am i just imagining i think the that? rock won once yeah um uh, i'm sure there's some others that we're forgetting along the way but you know it's like we just said it's that match that catapults us towards the road to WrestleMania. And so with that, we thought that we would do this segment where we give our list of our top 10 surprise entrants that maybe it's like we said, people that have come back from injury that surprised us all or somebody that just showed up in the Royal Rumble that you were not expecting to see mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Or debuts, you know, yeah, first debuts. time that you ever see a wrestler in WWE. Exactly. So if you have a top 10 of surprise entrants from the Royal Rumble, let us know in the comments, let us know on social media, give us your list. And so, we're going to start off here with number 10 on our list. Uh, do you want to start it off or do you want me to? I can't remember who started it off the last time. I'm going to go first just because I'm better. Okay. Um, Whatever. So I'm going to go with a, a, an entry that I think would we hire on this list, but it was just kind of snake bit by time. Uh, and that one is a, the uh, return of one Christian. And I want to say, what was that, the 2021 yeah, uh, Royal Rumble. So this was a Royal Rumble that was in front of nobody. Uh, this Royal Rumble was, you know, in an empty arena with screens and everything like that. So there was the appearance of fans, and yes, there were people watching it. The, everything, the Thunderdome, as but, they called it. But yeah, I, you know, the actual, uh, you know, event itself took place. Yeah, in an empty, in an empty stadium. So I, it, it loses its. Um, you know the importance of the of the you know return itself and you know this was kind of a one-off for christian too because he came and we were all expecting that that was going to be christian coming back to wwe and that he was going to get a contract and 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 wrestle but he ended up uh being on this royal rumble and I want to say in just a couple months after that, he debuts with AEW. Right. Um, you know, under his current moniker, Christian Cage, which is the moniker that he uses when he's not in WWE. And uh, you know, that that was the kickoff to to you know get us where we are now with the with the modern uh, Christian Cage character and everything that's going on with Christian and Adam Copeland. So I think it was a really important uh, return. It was a, it was a it was a big surprise. I mean, you had Edge the year before, and then you have Christian the year after. I mean. And it was, I, I don't know about you, but I was really hoping they were going to sign and that they were going to have the return of the ENC. But, yeah. you know, such such was not the case. But now we have both those guys in AEW. So just, uh, you know, it's going to show anything can point. happen in pro wrestling. Yeah, it's going to happen at some point. We'll, we will see ENC reunite. And then I we'll need have... five seconds of flash photography. Don't we all? <laughs> all right. Those are, those that are just listening. Yeah, you didn't get to see the magic of the. Which is uh, why you got to go on the YouTube. You're you're only exactly. getting half the story if you're if you're listening. Now the podcast is great. We're not going to shake it, but you got to be watching this on YouTube. I mean, there's a lot of beauty you're missing out on. Exactly. And then I don't know what Cody brings to the table. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so my number ten, uh, I go back to, to or I guess go back feels older to me, but 20, uh, 2013 Royal Rumble. First entrant, well, one of the first entrants, uh, Chris Jericho. Oh, okay. Uh, Dolph Ziggler comes out on the mic, uh, of course, talking trash and all that that he was known for during that time. And you see Chris Jericho come back 
I think it was from injury or I don't know. No, been, no, no, no. It wasn't from injury. It wasn't uh, from injury because I'll say I'll, I'll just go ahead and leak since you just said this. That was my number nine. Okay. Uh, the return of Chris Jericho in 2013 is after he got off of the Fozzie tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I could, yeah. I forgot that. But yeah, uh, Chris Jericho comes out, of course, with the uh, bright light jacket as we like to call it. And, that thing was awesome. Oh yeah, it, I think it's a lot of hate, but yeah. I, I loved that thing. Exactly. Like I know a lot of people will hate on it and think it's the goofiest looking thing, but. It, it was actually, better than the scarf. Oh, yes. That was not better than the scarf. No <laughs> offense to MJF. Love the Burberry scarf. The Burberry, that's a different kind of scarf. We're, I mean, yeah, that's apples and oranges. Yeah, that's true. But no, yeah, the uh, light-up jacket that Chris Jericho had was probably one of my favorite like ring attire things that he always brought to the ring. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, uh, 2013 Chris Jericho was no, uh, number 10 on my list, and then you had that on your number nine, so I'll go ahead and go with my number nine. Mine was, we go back to 1998, Ooh. Royal Rumble for this one. This one for me is the three faces of Foley. And so for those of you that haven't seen the Royal Rumble for 1998, of course you have Mick Foley go into the Royal Rumble first as Cactus Jack. So then he gets eliminated. And you then, put this at eight? No, nine. You put this at nine? Hey, we can, we're allowed to have a difference of opinion here. That's the joy of professional wrestling. If we slept in the same house, you'd have a turd in your pillowcase tonight. That's all I have to say about that. Thank God we don't live in the same house then. But anyway, the three faces of Foley, as I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted, you had Cactus Jack enter first of the three faces of Foley. Then he gets eliminated. So then some time goes by, a few entrances come in. Then you see, I think it was Dude Love. And then Dude Love gets eliminated. Then you see Foley come back in as Mankind. So it was one of those where, like, you know it's Mick Foley, but it, it was fun to see all three personas be showcased in the Royal Rumble. I don't see how you're still seething right now. We are the only man to ever wrestle in the Royal Rumble in three different characters, and you're going to put this at nine. Trust me, once you see my top ones, you'll be okay with it. You know, I've 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 I've, I've pitched a really great top one before and disappointed many. So uh, I think you're going to be on that same track here. We'll see. Anyway. Number eight. Overpromise, underdelivering. What, what have you got here? Well, so I for number eight, I have Keith Lee. Ooh. Um, yeah, Keith yeah. Lee was uh, running NXT at the time when he debuted at, uh, when it was it, the two, 2019 or 2020 Royal Rumble? Yeah. Um, and would eventually, uh, I mean, he, he showed very, very well in the Rumble, I think. Who was it? I mean, I can't remember who actually got him out, but I, th I want to say it was like Lesnar. Yeah, it was Lesnar because at that point, I think Braun Strowman came in as well. Yep. And so you got the three big behemoths yeah. going at each other. But then there uh, was a lot of big meat bumping. There's a lot of which meat is bumping Cody's favorite thing. Shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think Braun Strowman and Keith Lee were going at it, and then Lesnar eliminated both of them simultaneously. You were were you just sweating profusely with joy? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> I know I was. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, Keith Lee is definitely one of the surprises. Of course, the big surprise in that match was Drew McIntyre eliminating Lesnar after Ricochet gave him a low blow, which I'm you, Drew McIntyre winning the Rumble was probably the best thing that could have happened for him during that time. Oh, it was a fantastic win. And I mean, had, you know, had the world not shut down just a couple months later, it would have been a fantastic WrestleMania moment. And then of course, you know, we continue to hear the story now and Drew talks about winning the world title in front of nobody. Right. Because so he wins this Royal Rumble. And then, you know, just a few months later, what was supposed to be a WrestleMania at 
um, ta- in Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm blank. The Raymond J- Raymond James. Yeah, Raymond James yeah. Stadium. They end up, you know, instead having to, you know, make some magic happen, which it really it, it like. I mean, they when, still may do with, all with what they considered, had. With all things considered, they killed WrestleMania that year. I yeah. mean, the world shut down, and WWE still put out a quality WrestleMania product. Definitely. And that's one of the things that you just got to absolutely love about professional wrestling is the ingenuity. And, I mean, like everything else shuts down, professional wrestling did not shut down. And that's the one thing I give a lot of props to WWE and AEW because, you know, wrestling fans and the wrestling community in general – we were all nervous about what was going to happen during that time because oh, I mean the, I mean, March, the product, Madness shut, March Madness shut down. Yeah, like, and so we were hopeful that something would come to fruition or they would have something for us to be able to enjoy instead of going back and watching highlights or doing stuff like that. We didn't miss a beat. No, they kept they kept the show going and major major round of applause to WWE and AEW for mm-hmm. just keeping everything going for wrestling fans and putting something together so that way. Even though some may be in quarantine or we were all stuck in our houses during that time, big thank you to all of them for just being able to provide something for us that we could enjoy, even though we weren't able to enjoy it in person like we had before. But yeah, now that, yeah, so Keith, Keith Lee in uh, the Royal Rumble, that's about as far as Keith Lee's WWE run goes. Right. That I would call a success. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, then later on, uh, Vince would have the great idea to rename him the Bearcat. And it was all downhill from there. I don't know if you'd call it a great idea, but it was an idea nonetheless. I can't say bad words on the YouTube or else you get mad at me. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it PG because I don't know how to work the sensor yet. When you do. Oh, I know. Trust me. I won't let you know when I do. That's for sure. (laughs) You're going to be like one of those virtuosic piano players just... Yeah, you know. just just pressing the keys and having it at the ready. I can't wait. Oh yeah, I know you can't. Uh, my number eight. I go to 2011 Royal Rumble with this one, and the surprise entrant on my number eight list is Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Now, granted, I didn't know who Diesel was at the time because I'd only heard, know the name Kevin Nash. Yeah, I didn't know at the time, like back in the early 90s or so, that he went by Diesel. Mm-hmm. And so. After seeing who it was and realizing, oh, that's Kevin Nash. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And so, so it was two surprises. It was two surprises, two in one. I was surprised that it was Kevin Nash, and surprised that I found out his first name was Diesel. Yep. Or his first character was Diesel. Well, but. technically, his first character was Oz. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, first, yeah, first it was Oz, <laughs> and then Vinny then Vegas, Diesel, and then Diesel, and then Big Sexy Kevin Nash. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's he's had he's had quite a few monikers uh, over the course of his career. Yeah. Uh, who you got for number seven? Uh, number seven, I've got Adam Cole, and I believe it's the, the Bay Bay. Yeah, it's the same uh, Royal Rumble. It was the 2020 Royal Rumble, um, and at that time, yeah, once again, Adam Cole was doing fantastic things in NXT. We had just come out of the NXT or um, the Survivor Series, you know, where NXT was, you know, an actual full-on brand. Yeah, and so you know, the NXT guys weren't just being used in the Royal Rumble as like easy eliminations so like they were legitimate competition to these guys yeah they were legit competition or, or as legitimate competition i mean yeah adam cole came what was it adam cole beat daniel bryan on smackdown yeah uh who was at the time the reigning wwe champion so um it was it was one of those times where it was really exciting for nxt of course before vince once again got a hold of it foobarred it and you know gave me another reason to continue seeing a therapist but um <laughs> 
But yeah, no, I mean, Adam Cole, what really got me for this one, really, not not just the, the Royal, but the pop. Yeah. Um, you know, any any time that, that I hear, you know, Vince McMahon talk about, oh, you know, the, the fans don't know who they are because they're not on the main roster product. You go back and watch Adam Cole's uh, entry into the Royal Rumble and tell me that not every fan that was in that arena was on their feet cheering Adam Cole, baby. Exactly. Like, that just goes to show how little Vince McMahon knows or thinks that he knows about the talent that he brings in to WWE. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the at the end of the day, like I've said, like I've said it before, Vince likes to take a uh, a character who was over somewhere else, take away that character entirely, tie their hands behind their back, tell them to swim in the ocean, and if they can, you know, tread water, then you know maybe he won't let it, he won't make them drown, or maybe he'll just go ahead and tie a cinder block to their foot. Depends on what he, how he feels that day. Exactly. Uh, my number seven, I'm staying in 2011 Royal Rumble for this one, and I'm going to go with Booker T. Strictly based on the pop that he got, because mm-hmm. this is whenever you had both the factions, uh, the core and the new ne- uh, the new Nexus. That was a pretty crappy Rumble. time in, in wrestling, if I if I don't say so myself. Yeah, I, it was. Uh, but yeah, just the pop that Booker T got whenever, I think the new Nexus was, was in the ring, because that's when you had CM Punk in charge of the group. Yeah. And a few, well, the, this was before the summer of Punk. This is, right. we, I kind of almost consider that uh, a, a reset for WWE. Yeah. Because uh, before the summer of Punk, before the pipe bomb, you had just a a slew of garbage yes. uh, that they were throwing at, at you every week. And it was so bad, I had to resort to only watching TNA. Right. <laughs> but there was also Ring of Honor uh, that I'm very thankful for at the time. Because yeah. if it wasn't for Ring of Honor and TNA at that time, I would have had to watch the core and Nexus. And, you know, I just don't think that my fragile mind could have handled that much crappy booking. Same. Yeah, because I think during that time, M- uh, TNA was... I don't want to say it was the best time, but it was definitely a better product than what WWE was putting out at the time. It was, it was, it, you know, creative, not so great, but actual wrestling and creativity, like the allowance of creativity. Right. Before they tried to, before they really kicked it in gear, brought in the brother man and tried to be uh, WWE light. They were doing a much better product. Um, but yeah, this, this would see, you know, let's say that, that, Royal Rumble kind of was the kickoff of uh, a lot of the talent that had gone over to TNA jumping ship and we would continue to see that over the next couple of years and as I said the TNA product itself would decline right. as well there was a lot of bad booking a lot of bad creative a lot of bad things that went you know that that took the product from being yeah at probably what what you would call its height uh since it was uh, created in 2002 and yeah, it, it, it didn't get to stay up there very, very, uh, very long. Right. But uh, yeah, no, that that Booker T pop that was uh, that was a good pop in the 2011. And that was the same one as uh, as Kevin Nash Diesel, and they both were coming back from T- uh, runs in TNA. Yeah. Where they were in the main event Mafia together. Uh, good old main event Mafia. Uh, who you got for number six? Uh, so for number six, I have the return of Bubba Ray Dudley in 2015. That was a good one. And that, yep, that would, uh, that was, uh, he was one of the stalwarts. He was one of the holdouts of TNA. And, uh, you know, when him and AJ left, it was pretty much, uh, I mean, I think anybody who was watching the TNA product at the time knew, okay, there's pretty much going to have to be a complete reset here. Yeah. Um, some of your best stars have left, and you don't really have anything going for you. And this, so when, when Bubba Ray showed up, it was uh, it was a huge pop. I mean, everybody was happy to see him there, and it was also kind of a you know once like I said it 
it let you know, you know, if you're a multi-promotion watcher like I am, it let me know, okay, WWE is getting all this talent back. TNA is kind of on its way out. Um, WWE is the product that that I kind of got to settle into. Right. But 2015, that wasn't a bad time. Hunter had been working great things with NXT and... You know, there were some absolutely fantastic matches in 2015 uh, between the NXT TakeOvers and even some of the main products. Absolutely. Uh, my number six, I go to 2018 Royal Rumble for this one, and mine is Rey Mysterio. Oh. Uh, you see the return of Rey Mysterio and then his career like go, kind of sailing off into the sunset, per se. Uh, getting that last ride in. Uh, I think this is the, the time when him and uh, Dominic were about to team together. Yes. And so... Get, seeing that pop from Rey Mysterio at number 27, I think is what number he came in, but just, it was, it, it kind of had just a little bit of shock value just because I wasn't really expecting it. But. No, no, I, I, I thought Ray was done with the WWE. Uh, I mean, he had a long career. I mean, between WCW and WWE, uh, you tell me that he debuted in 2018 again in the Royal Rumble and that he'd still be going today. I, I never would have thought I wouldn't, so. I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, that guy has some of the best longevity of any i mean and, and you look at his career i mean he's been doing this for like ever, since he was a kid well not just and doing so, it i mean at the, i mean he he you know is one of the the pioneers of bringing the cruiserweight style to the american professional wrestling uh you know fandom and you know you go back and watch his matches it's not like he it's not like he wrestled safe no, the fact you know, you know, he was well, in, and you can whenever you wrestle that kind of style. It's like Lucha Libre is not safe at all. Like yeah. it's a lot of high flying, a lot of death defying action, and it, it has a much higher risk than just regular ground and pound. That, that I would say. Yeah, tell me that you believe that someone can fake a jump off a uh, you know off a ten foot scaffold, go through a table and land on the floor, and that it's fake. Tell me that you believe that, and I've got some great things to sell you. Exactly. But yeah, uh, that's my number six. Uh, now we get into the top five. Who you got, John? All right, so the top five, I give respect to veterans. And, uh, yeah, I put Diesel's return at the Royal Rumble at number five. Uh, the return of Kevin Nash after, what, about an eight-year hiatus? Roughly. After the uh, failed NWO revival. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, a, a pretty decent run at NTNA and Impact Wrestling. Um, you know, he was he was with that product for, for many years, and so – when he left, I once again, you talk about a guy who's, you know, who's had a long, successful career. You think, okay, well, he's done. He's, he's ready to, you know, live in his Detroit mansion and, and enjoy the rest of uh, his, you know, his, his time on this earth. And, and no, he comes out and, uh, debuts but yeah he debuts his big daddy cool diesel so for the seven-year-old uh me who you know that was watching that that was that was a great moment because i hadn't seen diesel since 1995 right so see that's what i'm saying like we both have a difference of opinion here we both had a different reaction and that's the great thing about this yeah one's right one's wrong Whatever. And I don't know where you fall on those two. But uh yeah, no, Diesel returning was absolutely fantastic. And then of course the the kickoff that kicks off the storyline with uh, Triple H and, and Kev and the click versus CM Punk. And I, I loved the, I loved that storyline. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. Um I'm I'm a mark for it, any click storylines. Of course you are. 
It's the greatest faction in the history of professional wrestling. They're responsible I, for. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to argue with you. Like you're 100 percent right. Name yeah. like name any faction that's more pivot uh, that's more influential and has sold more merch than the Click. I can't think of anybody right now. That's DX and the NWO. The Four yeah, Horsemen exactly. can't even beat that. No, they can't. So my number five, you know, it's kind of apropos you talk about the Click because mine goes to the 2016 Royal Rumble. Where you see the number thirty entrant Triple H, ah. where Roman Reigns had to defend the world title against all twenty nine mm-hmm. superstars in the Royal Rumble, and there were some surprises along the way, and I'll get into that in my. This is uh, the top yeah. Five. This was the one where yeah the title was on the line, yeah, and yeah the uh, Triple H. This was the one where uh, Roman Roman gets eliminated well before the the, the finals, right? So he gets injured. "Quote unquote injured yeah, yeah, in the yeah, match, and so they ca- they carried him off to the back. But this so is the- this is the one where the the crowd really lets the world know how they're how big of a fan they are of uh, Dean Ambrose. Exactly. And uh, so it, so much it was- so that he would end up. I don't think that that was originally planned, but like the the pop that the crowd had when it was just Triple H and Dean Ambrose it left, was and they wanted they wanted Ambrose to win that title that night. And obviously, it wasn't in the stars; it wasn't written down." But I honestly, that that reaction ended up getting him a title match the very next month, and you know would eventually get a title run. Granted, it wasn't a great title run, right? Um, but that was that was one of those moments where you, you know you could have been deaf, you could have been deaf and uh, blind, and you could have felt the the crowd. Behind Absolutely. Dean Ambrose in that match, that was that was a fantastic wrestle. Yeah, so I. I, I I'll give it to you. That's a good one. See, I told you. It gets better. But anyway, uh, number four, who you got? So number four, once again, with respect to legends, um, the three faces of Foley is my number four. Okay. Because, yeah, the guy wrestled in three different characters in one match. Like, respect for the ability to get out of one's pants and into another pair of pants quickly. I mean, I, it, I sometimes it takes me 30 minutes just to get into one pair of pants. You know, back in high school, it took me months to get into one pair of pants. But that's another story. (laughs) All right. But the three faces of Foley, Cactus Jack, the greatest iteration, in my personal opinion. Agreed. Dude Love. I mean, haven't we all done the Charleston in front of a mirror to the... I've lost count of how many times. Yep. And, uh, you know, and Mankind, um, who, you know, is, you know, what was it? The three faces of Foley came out. Was that was it? Nine? I can't remember if it was ninety eight or it was ninety eight. It was yeah, it was ninety eight. And then the very next year, mankind would be the world heavyweight champion, right? At Royal Rumble, facing The Rock in an, in an I Quit match, which is still to this day the greatest I Quit match of all time. No question. So uh, yeah, no three faces of Foley. Um, you know, Mick, there will never be another Mick Foley. There will never be another professional wrestler who is so cued in to the business. To the fan base that he can literally create three different characters, two of his own mentality, and one having to do cleanup duty for Vince McMahon's crap character creation. Absolutely, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, my number four, I go to the 2010 Royal Rumble specifically because I actually got to go to this one. Uh, nice. I don't remember exactly where it was, but I remember I went with my dad and my uncle because I think my uncle got tickets for it. But 2010 Royal Rumble, it was the number 30 entrant. The rated R superstar Edge. That's awesome. That because it was talked about, and 
I think this is at the point whenever Chris Jericho either dumped Edge because they were a tag team at one point, mm-hmm. and you see him return. I leapt out of my seat and screamed at the top of my lungs. I just remember just the feeling of hearing that music go off where it, where he goes. You think you know me, and then everybody just absolutely <laughs> lost their minds. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 was that was a good one. Uh, my number three is the so I, I don't necessarily say this this were this was not a surprise, but just the, once again the pop, uh, but the return of Cody Rhodes after the torn pectoral. Okay, uh, I mean, first of all, how quickly he was able to rehab and get back into ring shape. For that return, I mean, a lot of respect. We weren't that. we weren't expecting to see Cody until WrestleMania or after, based on the the original prognosis. After he tore his his pec and then wrestled with it the next night at, in a Hell in a Cell match, but for him to be able to make the return that quick was, I mean, it just shows his commitment and love of the business. I mean, anybody that knows Cody Rhodes knows that he was not about to let this injury keep him out of his chances of making it to the Royal Rumble and being on the road to WrestleMania to eventually face Roman Reigns for the title. But, yeah, just kudos to Cody Rhodes and his work ethic and how much he loves this business and how much he wants to get back in there and give the fans what they wanted. Oh, yeah, and I I think that's, you know, this was – you know, this was the you know he he returns. You know, he he comes back from AEW, and you know I think there was a good amount of fanfare. Like people were excited to see Cody Rhodes, but truthfully, I feel like the pop for Cody at the Royal Rumble was better than the pop for Cody at WrestleMania the year before against Seth Rollins. I, really? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I feel like the fans were more behind Cody at the Royal Rumble than they were when he returned at WrestleMania. You know, they they, they liked him. They, they they were excited to see him. They thought that's a, this is a huge, I think it was like, this is a huge win for WWE over AEW. I think that's the mentality of that return. Yeah. But when he returns in the Royal Rumble, he's he's their guy. Yeah. He's he's not the AEW guy that came over to WWE. He is Cody Rhodes. He His whole story gets encompassed now. It's like, okay, We've they did a really good job of of telling his story while he was out and creating the story that we're waiting for him to finish now. Right. And when he debuts to the Royal Rumble, he is like I said, he's not just they're not just cheering because an AEW guy came to WWE. They're cheering because their champion is is now what that what we thought was on the road to to taking the title at WrestleMania. Right. It wouldn't be that way, but we didn't know that then, so we cheered with all the fervor that we had to cheer with. Exactly. Uh, my number three, I go to the 2008 Royal Rumble, of course, the number 30 entrant for this one, John Cena. The pop, solely based on the pop for this one, because yeah. you see the fans lose it in Madison Square Garden. This is probably one of my favorite Royal Rumble matches today, just because of the just variety that was in this match. Of course, you had young talent like Cody, uh, early Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. in this match. And then, of course, uh, CM Punk with uh, the original or the first entrance music that he had. But also, you uh, had Kill Switch Engaged. Yeah, Kill yep. Switch Engaged. Uh, then you had Jimmy Snuka and Roddy Piper just show up to re- reignite their old rivalry that they had. And, mm-hmm. and if anybody has seen the story or heard the story that Cody Rhodes tells about this whenever he's in the match and gets to see them go at it, Go back and watch. Uh, I think it's inside the ropes. This is the one where he uh, he hits the he decides that he's going to hit the Undertaker the minute he gets yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, it's the same match, and which I, I love the story. It's, it's so a great, I mean, it's a great story, and it just kind of speaks to the the veteran wisdom, and then just you know how good of a dude Mark Calloway the Undertaker is exactly. You know, and how important it is to him to get young talent over right. 
But yeah, so, the, the the Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka story. I'll just like give it to you in a, in a like short amount of words. But basically, Piper gets up on the ring apron. Snuka's in the ring, and you can kind of see the uh, him mouthing the words. Roddy Piper mouthing, "You mother." And you can see in the slight corner of the camera, Cody and Punk are like dying laughing <laughs> seeing this happen. So I encourage you to go back and watch the Rumble and listen to Cody tell this story because it's funny. But uh, sorry, we got sidetracked there. But yeah, John Cena. We, yeah, I. We you got a got hamster sidetracked. in your pocket? Maybe you got sidetracked. Anyway, uh, John Cena, 2008 Royal Rumble entrant number 30. The pop that the crowd gave for this entrant was absolutely insane. I remember watching this Royal Rumble and giving the same reaction as well. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was one of those where it was like you weren't expecting it, but people were kind of wondering if it was actually going to happen. And when it did, everybody just lost their minds. Yeah, and I'll say at this time I was not a John Cena fan, um, but I did respect this the 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 you know the pop that comes from this. Uh, just to give a little context for people who, who you know may not have watched the product during the time. But this was one of the rare uh, Cena injury returns. Yeah. Um, for you know, for the length of his career, he 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 did pretty well to stay healthy. Not too many long uh, injury breaks, and this was not a long injury break. This right. was expected to be a long injury break, and I, what was expected to be like eight or nine months, he ended up rehabbing. And what was this a, like a, a three month return? Yeah, or four, at least like three or four months. Like the, 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 so the, the pop came from the fact that he should not have returned this no. quick, but the fact that he did. Once again, you know, you can't whether you like the character or you, you know you dislike having the character push down your throat day in and day out like Cena was. Uh, no, I couldn't do anything but respect John Cena in that moment because he, you know, when when someone shows their love for the business, you you gotta appreciate that. Exactly. All right, now we get into number two. What you got? All right, so uh, my number two is the return. Of the rated R superstar in 2020 from his career ending, you know, injury, right? Uh, with uh, what is it, spinal stenosis? Yeah, and you know, the, the just the thought that we'd never see Edge in a ring ever again. And sure enough, the minute I heard, You think you know me, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I pop, I was sitting in my chair. I popped out of my chair on oh, my I'm, feet. I'm like, spoil it for you because that's my number one. Yeah, no, it was no, a fantastic. That's number one for me, no doubt. Because I remember watching his retirement speech live on Monday Night Raw, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Like there were tears mm -hmm. going down my face because how could there not be? Exactly, it's like one of those where it's like you never would have expected it, and it's like well, whether it's you like love it, Edge or hate Edge, the character, you couldn't help but hate to see him go or hate to see him leave under those circumstances yeah you, when, when you're forced to leave something that you're not ready to leave at or that you're like at the pinnacle of your of your body's prime for for where you're at and you had where he had worked to get to being there but the work that he did to get where he got eliminated him from being there for a long period of time exactly um i mean it reminds me you know it, it was it's been very cool over the past couple of years you know with advances and you know medical treatment and 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 pt physical training and things like that how many people who were told you can never get in the ring ever 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 again that have been able to make 
whether it be long returns or just one-off returns. Like, like, you know, I remember when I got the ESPN alert on my phone saying that Daniel Bryan was medically cleared to it, return. It was amazing. And, you know, let's say that that feeling, I had that same exact feeling when when I heard the music and saw Edge and you can just see him come into the crowd and, and he's already you, you can see on his face he, he is super emotional yeah. like just overwhelmed with the reaction that he got from the crowd and rightfully so I mean this guy's been gone for so long and you, well you think you about how much work be, you think about how much work money everything that they put in to make that return to the thing that they love and yeah whether you liked Edge before or not you couldn't help but cheer for Adam Copeland in that moment exactly same thing with Daniel Bryan and it's like you know Say what you will about WWE's booking of those guys after they came back. I don't care. The fact that they came back, that's what I care about. And, you know, those moments like that, you know, you know, a lot of matches you'll forget. You know, you'll, you know, some of my favorite matches, you know, Dave Meltzer five-star matches that I've already forgotten. That's a moment I will not forget. Ever. No. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I got I get the last one number one because I stole yours. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> this is, I think this is actually going to be my number two as well. So. Okay, so I guess so we'll just go ahead and so uh, AJ Styles. Yep, definitely yep, AJ Styles. So same I, same Royal Rumble with uh, Triple H 2016 when the title was on the line. Yeah, no, th- and that's that was one of the things that made this such a cool uh, moment because you're like, could AJ Styles win the world title tonight? I know, but right? When he debuted, first of all, you know. He debuts to original WWE music, which does not sound anything like yeah it, AJ it, Styles' music. Like right. you know, throughout his career in TNA, it was "Get Ready to Fly." Exactly. Anytime you heard that, you were like, "Oh boy, it's about to get yeah." Get real and so right at now. first, you hear this music, and you're like, "I I don't recognize this. I have no idea who this is going to be." Yeah, we all but get this, then, we all get the same face that Roman did, kind of like squinting our eyes, like, "What is this?" But then you see him walk out. With the with the hood, and you know, I he doesn't. Well, and also you see on the Titantron where it just it spells says, phenomenal. "I am phenomenal," and the entire arena and everybody watching this just goes buck wild. And this this so for, this is the reason I put this one before uh, Edge because and maybe it's a, maybe I'm wrong, but that moment to me was so gratifying because I you know. I grew up on WWF and, you know, I grew up on WWF and right. there was WCW and I watched WWF beat WCW and WCW go away. And then I watched the thing that I love slowly lose a lot of what I loved about it. Yeah. And I, you know, I drifted away from the WWF product because it it was no longer it's it, it was not the product that that I loved anymore. And that's when I discovered TNA. Right. And I and I was I was watching TNA back when they were on uh app, you know, when you had to buy episodes on the, you know, Apple iStore. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was really into the early, the early iteration of TNA. And one of my favorite new, you know, stars was the phenomenal AJ Styles and the things that he was doing, you know, in matches against, uh, Samoa Joe and, uh, Christopher, Christopher Daniels, Daniels, Frankie and Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian. I mean, just 
the the ultimate X matches, everything that that he had done, and then you know as his character eventually becomes a a, a, a main event status. And then the story they tell with him as he's leaving TNA, because he's leaving TNA for the same reason that the fans were, are leaving TNA. So it was very, very personal. Yeah. The, the character of AJ Styles is very personal. And then he goes over to New Japan and then becomes the, the new leader of the Bullet Club. Right. And I, I really honestly, like, I did not know a whole lot about the Bullet Club until AJ Styles. Like I knew that there was this thing called the Bullet Club. I knew that it was kind of it was the accumulation of Gaijin, which is non-Japanese wrestlers. And so it kind of had like an NWO feel. Right. And so, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, this sounds like a cool concept, but I've already seen it. Uh, I'm not in. And then when AJ goes there and so I start watching online, I'm like, no, this is awesome. This yeah. is very, very cool. That was actually my first introduction to New Japan Pro Wrestling, believe it or mm -hmm. not. And yeah. so, because I'd never, like, I didn't know that there was any wrestling outside of America yeah, at but, that point. So I'm watching this and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, AJ Styles is just like, he, he's the best thing in professional wrestling at the time. And I did, but I keep having this thing in the back of my head, like, man, I'd love to see him in WWF, WWE. But I think, no he would get ruined in WWE. Right. He has no chance in WWE. The fans won't know who he is in WWE, and Vince will bury him in WWE. So when he shows up and the fans pop, like he's Austin, Rock, Hogan, any other person that is the has at one point had the moniker of the, the best wrestler ever or, you know, the biggest attraction. Right. When they reacted for him... It was like I'm not the only one. Right. I'm I'm not alone. The, we all want the product to be better. We all have been watching everything. And that's not, you know, necessarily true. There's a lot of people who are still just WWE product people. And then there are people who don't watch WWE at all. Like they think it's a point of pride to not watch anything. At the end of the day, you know, professional wrestling is ice cream, you know, and the more you have, the better it is. Exactly. You know, some things don't mix well, but, but other things, you know, they, they just, the more you, the more you watch and the more you get, but this was one of those moments where it was like, this was not event. And you knew this was not events thing. No, this was not this. And it was the, it was the begin to me is it was the beginning of, of the end of the old WWF WWE ways. And you know, that's a, when I got, really excited for after after punk the summer of punk and then punk leaves it's like man i really have like if it wasn't for nxt i don't think i would have watched the product at all yeah between definitely. that time but then when aj styles comes back it's like i don't know there's something that's telling me this product's going to get better and even though there's been there's been a lot of pitfalls and there's been a lot of hurdles i i still genuinely have that feeling like especially now with triple h behind the helm and with vince gone and with nothing to do with the product and kevin dunn gone the product has the opportunity to become great again absolutely and but there's unlimited potential with how it is you, now click yes because right now the product is too too sweet, sweet. <laughs> i mean you've got you've got the two the two leading members of the click running 
NXT and WWE. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 a fantastic time to be a professional wrestling fan. There's Absolutely. been lots of ups and downs, but right now we're on an up, and I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's our top ten for surprise Rumble entrance. Like we like we just said before, if you have a top ten or if you have a different top ten to what we have, let us know in the comments. Let us know on our social media. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your input. We want to hear what you guys have to say. So go comment. Go put anything you want. On our social media. Well, not anything you want. Don't be gross. Yeah, that's true. All right, John, you ready for some reviews? No. What? I, mean, I was just going to say no. I didn't want to see what you were going to do about it. Yeah, of course I'm oh, ready for okay. reviews. What are we here for? I was about to say, like, don't do, don't do that to me. You had me scared for a second. <laughs> I mean, right. you, you, we set up the table and everything. Exactly. I mean, this is what we were supposed to do. Anyway, uh, so high spots this week. Uh there were quite a few good things that I liked about AEW and WWE this week. Of course, probably one of the best like funny things that I liked this week was the whole R Truth package with the Judgment Day. That's my high spot for for the week, one hundred percent. Like I, I was I was laughing like a schoolgirl. Oh, it was so funny! If you hadn't watched it, go back and watch this because this was this whole segment that R Truth is doing with the Judgment Day. R Truth is a national treasure. Oh yeah, that they need to. I don't think they'll put a title on him at any point. But no, you don't they, need to. Yeah, you don't have to. Just because he is such a great comedic character that people just want to see him. They love to see. Yeah, I mean, him it, just bumbling around and causing chaos. Once again, talk about yeah, talk about a character who you think has had a really good career and like, you know, after his injury. I mean, he could have come back. He could have not come back. But he, I mean, he's doing some of his best stuff right now yes. in years. Like, I and only watch it because I love to see whenever he makes somebody break. And oh yeah, and most of these guys that are in there right now, it's not that hard. Especially Damian Priest and Finn da Balor. Oh, Damian Priest can't Damian, stay straight for a single segment. Oh yeah, the sec. I think it was a couple weeks ago whenever uh, they were going to have the uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street fight mm -hmm. between him and uh, JD McDonough. Uh, R Truth looks at him and is like, JD, our. Uh, Damien, I know you didn't mean it when you said you don't like me. He goes, I saw it in your eyes. And you see Damien just look, walk away and just grinning from ear to ear because he knows he can't look at him in the straight with a straight face. Oh and yeah, no. Finn is just dying laughing. No, Co yeah, like our truth is at a he's at a different level right now with with his comedy, and I have no idea where they're going with it. I don't. I honestly don't know if anybody has any idea where at they're this going point, with I it. I really don't care, just because I, I think it's hilarious. But yeah, I, I just want it to keep happening. Yes. Like I, I, I watched the video <laughs> probably. So I, you know, I saw it on Raw live, and then I, I went back and watched the actual video. They posted it on TikTok and YouTube. <laughs> I, I watched it like five or six times the next day. I was I was dying laughing. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love our so, truth. So yeah, no, that that was absolutely fantastic. Yes. Um, I'll give a high spot for AEW on this one as well. Uh, the eight-man tag match where you had Orange Cassidy and Preston Vance and all the other guys going against Lance Archer and mm -hmm. uh, Gates of Agony. Uh, I like the return the of build. Jake the Snake. Yes. The, the random return of Jake the Snake. Yes. Uh, the build that they put uh, during this match with Orange Cassidy attempting a choke slam on these <laughs> big guys. See, that's what I love about like whenever you try and do storytelling during a match. You've got someone that is of the stature of Orange Cassidy trying to do a choke slam on someone like Brian Cage or Lance Archer and everybody in there knows like it's not going to happen. Hey, the Hurricane but, did it. Why can't yeah, Orange Cassidy? That's true. The Hurricane if the Hurricane can do it, so can Orange Cassidy. But just the continuous build that they did dur during this match, like it just made me like fall in love with storytelling again during matches. And so 
that they did a good job with this match. Now there are some other botches and stuff that we'll get into here in a little bit, but that that was probably my favorite highlight from Dynamite from this mm -hmm. week. And then you had uh, SmackDown and Collision were pretty good. Uh, there were some good moments on SmackDown, but. Yeah. I mean, I think SmackDown, the you know the promos and stuff were are were moving the story forward with the bloodline and getting us to you know the Royal Rumble match. But truthfully, yeah, I mean, SmackDown was kind of uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really feel like the last two weeks of SmackDown. I feel like you could have condensed into five minutes. Yeah, and, definitely. And it, it would. I do have, have a done. high spot for uh, SmackDown though. The uh, tag team match with LWO and then uh, Santos Escobar. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so that, that match was, was great. Great, a fantastic match, but. Yeah, kind of switching gears from that, and now we get into our botches. Uh, I had a few. I have, but I'm going to do one from AEW and one from WWE for this week. Uh, my one from WWE was uh, I was kind of torn between two because you had uh, Kofi being written off uh, by uh, Ludwig Kaiser. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily know that he's being written off. I think I'm not sure if the Vinci injury was legitimate. I think or, it was, or if it's a work. But they're whatever they're doing, they're taking it and making a storyline out of it, and they're giving Kaiser some opportunity to have a little bit more screen time as an individual wrestler, which I do think is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, necessarily was it done perfectly? That's that's debatable. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, th that one and then another botch from WWE was the uh, Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes botch during their match. I don't know oh, if you yeah. saw it, but no, it was bad. Uh, the Landing that theory took whenever he was trying to do like a springboard uh, Spanish fly yeah. off of the top rope. If you, I don't encourage you to go back and watch it just because it'll make you cringe so badly. But yeah, theory took a hard, nasty bump whenever he came down on top of his head. Yeah, and so and, and that's, I mean, that's a bump that I think he's, you know, he's done those kind of moves so many times. Yeah, it was just a mistake yep. either, and that's why we always say like one mistake. And, and, move and you're in a wheelchair you. for the rest of your life. So exactly. anybody who wants to tell you that wrestling's fake, you know, ask Darren Drozdoff. Well, you can't because he's no longer here. Um, you know, ask, ask Owen Hart. Ask, yeah, ask a lot of – yeah, ask guys who have been in the business for years, uh, you know, and, you know, have had to have hip surgeries and knee surgeries and spinal neck, stenosis. Yeah, neck surgeries yeah, ask them how ask them how fake it is. But at the end of the day, no, yeah, that that was I I mean, that was a nasty looking botch. Yeah. Uh I, I think that he's all right though. I have not seen anything to indicate that there's been significant injury. So that's good. Right. I mean, a lot. Sometimes and kudos to the training team of WWE because as soon as uh, the uh, bump happened, the referee immediately goes to Theory and is like, "Nope, we're calling it off. Yeah. Get, get help." You see the X go up by the referee. That's it. And so, kudos to their training staff because now they're as much as they didn't years ago. They're taking a lot more extreme caution with yeah. the wrestler's health and uh, concussion protocol, and, yeah. and that's a good thing. So. Kudos to the training staff and kudos to the medical team with WWE for being on top of that. Can we talk about my my botch? Yes. Hangman Page's attempt at a TA uh, a Magnum TA mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's bothering me. Oh gosh. Like does, does does he not realize that it looks like he's got a caterpillar slithering across his face? I guess not. I guess that's the style nowadays. I guess that's what the kids are doing. I mean, I love the Magnum TA, but. Hangman Page, you are not Magnum TA. There will never be another Magnum TA. And uh, yeah, so you need to you need to file that thing down and go back to being a um, 
Well, I don't. I can't say it because you're gonna you're gonna want to censor me. But like, you know, go back to being the emo cowboy. There you go. It wasn't working, but I mean, you're not you're not crapping on great legends. So right. exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then I had one botch for AEW on that one. Besides Hangman Page, the uh, failed Codebreaker by Chris Jericho. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you saw that. Long, but yeah. Well, under the long stream of, of botch moves by Chris Jericho over yeah. the last year. Yeah, the botch line, you, Chris, salt, but, but the botch, everything. His, yeah, his his skills have have been declining, and, and you hate to see it because he's been one of the greatest of all time. Um, but I think at this point, like, and I don't, oh, I can't speak for any other wrestling fans, but I think at this point. It's getting to a point where we are getting not necessarily tired, but we don't really care that much about seeing Chris Jericho. Well, I just in I don't need a Chris Jer- yeah, I don't need a Chris Jericho match. You could yeah. still give me Chris Jericho the character. You can give me Chris Jericho as a manager. You know, or even Chris Jericho on commentary. Yeah, Chris Jericho on commentary. Or you know what? Have Chris Jericho be one of your main writers and producers. I think there's a there lot of go. value there, especially considering the fact that the current product in AEW is seriously lacking when it comes to storyline and the ability to get characters over. Yeah, exactly. But you know that that's just one of the main things that I wish AEW would do. Another thing I wish that they would do is get the young bucks off TV. Or we haven't like, seen them for a while. I'll say that 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 wish is so far so good. I have, I mean, I have not seen a whole lot well, of the. Apparently, young we're going to get to see them against Sting and Darby Allen. I hope that's not Sting's last match. No, no, no. Sting's because last match so, is going to be at uh, Revolution. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like because if you saw uh, Dynamite this past week, then at the very end, whenever Sting and Darby Allen had their tag team match with Hobbs and uh, Takeshita, uh, the Young Bucks made their appearance and kind yeah. of. Made the hint like, hmm, maybe we wanted to go up against these guys or call our shot against them. So I don't know if that means that that's going to be a tag team match they have on Dynamite or whatever it may be. But I, hope, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's just I a one off. I'm sure it's just a one off, and the you know the Young Bucks probably want to have the opportunity to wrestle Sting one last time before he rides off into the sunset. And as a Sting mark for life, I don't really blame him for that one. But yeah, you know, as long them. as they don't, have, as long as they're not carrying the straps, and as long as they're not starting any backstage brawls, that's going to get the their money maker kicked out of the company. I say go ahead and have your your um, one off dynamite match. We'll see, but yeah, like <laughs> I said, hopefully that's not Sting's last match. But we'll we'll see. Hopefully in the next few weeks or so. Well, I yeah, we still don't know who his last match is going to be uh, against or with. Uh, we do know it's going to be at Revolution, um, and I'm you know I'm, I'm it's one of those bittersweet moments. Like I'm counting down the days, right? Um, and hoping that you know it, he gets the chance to go out the right way, and you know I'm hoping to see guys like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and you know we know we're going to have Flair there. Yeah, Flair will be in this um, corner for sure. So you know the the more people that can be involved in this, the better. Um, you've got a lot of guys who have gone out of the business lately, and you know let's say not the way they wanted to. Like you know Triple H didn't get to go out the way he's he's you know I'm sure he didn't want to go out the way he did. Uh, and you've got other guys like you know Adam Copeland and Daniel Bryan who are, you know, they're they're on a run that they never thought they'd have. And Daniel Bryan said that this might be his last year of professional wrestling. So, uh, you know, maybe 2024 is the year of of a lot of final chapters. And you know, for those who have done all that work, we say thank you, and uh, we look forward to cheering you one last time. Absolutely. But anyway, guys. That's our episode for this week. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for watching. Like we said before, we're on social media, so go check us out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube. Also, we want to let you know of some upcoming events that we're going to be at. So we made mention 
of DCCW breaking down the walls February 10th in McClenny, Florida at the Baker County Fairgrounds. Also, want to reiterate, I know it's a little bit further away, but NWA Hard Times, March 2nd, Dothan, Alabama at the Dothan Civic Center. If you haven't got tickets yet or if you want to get tickets for it, you can message us on social media or go message our friend Justin Overstreet on Facebook. Get tickets and get information from him and from us as well. But also, I'm going to be making a solo travel this weekend to Southern Wrestling, uh, yeah, Southern Wrestling Tradition over in Pavo, Georgia this Saturday at the Pavo Peacock Center. So, if you're in the area and you want to meet me or you want to go and talk wrestling or you want to talk about the podcast, I'll be there. I'll be wearing the Five Star Jobber shirt. Can't miss it. Don't yeah, worry. I, I can't go to Pavo. Uh, there's there's, there's a, you know, long story. It's kind of like an Aussie in the Alamo situation, but don't, I mean, I can't talk about it. There's an NDA. But. I was about to say, yeah, let, let's, let's keep that under wraps at this point. But anyway, guys, I'm going to be there this weekend. A lot more events will be announced at some point. want to thank you guys for all your undying support. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for everything you do for us. But as always, keep it five stars.